0: Welcome, I'm Pastor Vince and this is Applying God's Word, a Bible teaching podcast to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. This is episode 31, titled, Enter Through the Narrow Door. Let's begin with Luke chapter 13, verses 22 through 30. Then Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, Make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I do not know you, or where you come from. Then you will say, we ate and drank with you, and you taught in our streets. But he will reply, I do not know you, or where you come from. Away from me, all you evildoers. There will be weeping there, and gnashing of teeth, when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown out. People will come from the east and west and north and south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first and first who will be last. It's not clear whether the person asks the question in response to the image of the kingdom as small or great. Perhaps he has heard only that the kingdom seems small and asked his question anxiously. Perhaps he heard Jesus' words about the power of the kingdom and asked his question hopefully. There is a tension at work in the parables and the tension is reflected in the question about who will be saved. Jesus begins his answer with two door metaphors. In the first one, verse 24, The door to the kingdom, or to salvation, is narrow, but allows admittance, at least to the spiritually fit. In the second one, verse 25, the door is shut. These are not mutually exclusive metaphors because a narrow door can be open for a period of time and then be shut, like our time on the earth. Strive, agonizome, to enter in by the narrow door, verse 24. Elsewhere in the New Testament, Paul uses the same word, agonizome, translated strive or make every effort, and it's where we get our word agonize, as in a focused struggle. He uses this word to speak of athletic competition in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 25, training intensively in godliness in 1 Timothy 4, verse 10 and again while fighting the good fight in 1 Timothy 6.12 and 2 Timothy 4.7. While salvation is a gift of God, it is clear that God expects us to cherish it as an athlete cherishes the victor's crown, suggesting that we need an athlete's discipline and determination in pursuing entrance through the narrow door. The door is narrow, and many will seek to enter in, and will not be able," verse 24 says. The surprise in Jesus' reply is not that access may be limited to those by hearing him, but who gains entry. In Matthew 7, verses 13-14, through Jesus contrasts the narrow gate that leads to life with the wide gate and easy road that leads to destruction. Like physical conditioning, spiritual conditioning requires discipline, and many people are unwilling to commit to it. We live in a time when many people believe that all roads lead to God, and that all beliefs are equally valid, that it doesn't matter what you believe or how you live, as long as you're sincere. The New Testament teaches just the opposite. The enemy need not convince us to commit murder or some other heinous crime as long as he can persuade us that our beliefs don't matter or that there is no urgency to the spiritual life. Once convinced, we will find ourselves on the gentle slope that leads inexorably downward. The heart then drifts away from the growing relationship with Jesus Christ by obedience to his word, to a heart that seeks itself, and to mirror the world, its ways, its goals, and its approval. If in your heart you see this happening to you, even in small ways, then pray, confess, and repent. The Holy Spirit will guide you back. Luke 13 verses 25 through 27. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I do not know you or where you come from. Then you will say, We ate and drank with you, and you taught in our streets. But he will reply, I do not know you or where you come from. Away from me, all you evildoers. You can read the similarity between these verses here in Luke 25 through 27 and the parable of the wise and foolish virgins in Matthew 25 verses 1 through 13. The point is that God gives us a period of time when we can prepare for the kingdom, followed by a time of judgment. Once the door shuts, there is no longer room for preparation or negotiation. It's like taking one seat in a classroom only to hear the professor say, take out a sheet of paper and put away your books. Most of us get a sinking feeling when we hear those words because we feel unprepared for a pop quiz. A few students, however, will have studied the assigned work and will do well. The point is that when the professor says, take out a sheet of paper, the die is cast. We are either ready or not ready. Suddenly, our fate rests in how we prepared yesterday. Our good intentions don't count. Consider the real-life parallels to the shutting of the door. For some people, death will come suddenly and without warning. At that point, their eternal future will hinge on their spiritual disciplines and the relationship that they had with Christ. There is always a possibility that Christ's Second Coming will occur during our lifetime with the same result. But there is another possibility, one that might seem less dramatic, but which can be equally conclusive. We are faced daily with temptation of all types. How we respond depends in large measure on our spiritual conditioning at the time of our temptation. Often, a minor temptation starts a person down a ruinous road. Our spiritual conditioning, our relationship with Christ, can help us to avoid succumbing to such temptations. We ate and drank with you, and you taught in our streets, verse 26. Such words are self-indicting. The person who shared a table with Jesus and heard his teaching had every opportunity to become his disciple. In the previous chapter, Luke twelve forty eight, Jesus warned To whomever much is given, of him much will be required, and to whom much was entrusted of him more will be asked. Luke Chapter 13, verses 28 to 30. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and yourselves being thrown outside. They will come from the east, west, north, and south, and will sit down in the kingdom of God. Behold, there are some who are last, who will be first. And there are some who are first who will be last. Throughout his ministry, Jesus has been a friend of tax collectors and sinners and shared table fellowship with them, a fact that sparked a good deal of criticism. Jesus, however, was signalling that God's love extends to those unlikely candidates and was also signalling that the company at the banquet table would be far different from that which the religious leaders envisioned. The sentence structure of this verse in this original language indicates that neither all of the last nor all of the first would experience this reversal. In other words, not all Israelites or even all scribes or Pharisees will be denied entry to the banquet feast and not all Gentiles will be granted entry either. The door is narrow, and it will be closed. Those who enter through the narrow door by faith in Jesus will enjoy the feast in the kingdom of God, but others will be thrown out, and they will weep and gnash their teeth. When the door is finally shut, which side will you be on? Inside, enjoying the feast in the kingdom of God? Or outside weeping and gnashing your teeth. Jesus says make every effort to enter through the narrow door. First and foremost we must obey Jesus's word. We cannot ignore or modify Jesus's words according to our convenience. In Luke chapter 9 verse 23 Jesus says whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Changing what Jesus said to something like, whoever wants to be my disciple may deny themselves and take up their cross weekly and follow me on Sunday only, will be kept out. We cannot enter through the door pursuing our selfish ambition, seeking pleasures of the world and an easygoing life. There are other doors which are big and wide and shining doors. Since the doors are so wide and big that we do not need to deny ourselves, we do not need to take up our cross, we do not need to change our plan. However, such wide doors lead us to eternal destruction. Second of all, we must struggle against our sins. We must make every effort to repent of our sins. We cannot enter through this narrow door carrying all our sins on ourselves. We must confess and repent of our sins. Hebrews 12.4 says, In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. How hard is it to enter through the narrow door? The struggle against our sinful nature requires spiritual discipline. We must make every effort to obey the word of God. We must make every effort to repent of our sins. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16, 16, sorry, reads, Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. As we trust in Jesus and ask God's mercy, the Holy Spirit enables us in overcoming the power of sin and the enemy's temptation. Let us make every effort to hear and obey the word of Jesus. Let us make every effort to confess and repent of our sins without delay. Let us enter through the narrow gate and abide in our Lord Jesus Christ. James chapter 1 verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Jesus says, make every effort to enter through the narrow door.